You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. We can always tell over here in Australia land when some not exciting things are happening in life because Australia's weather makes the headlines. <laughs> when Australia's weather makes the headlines, we get emails from like all of our family to be like, uh, are you guys okay? Is everything okay? Are you fine? <laughs> you can just see it, right? Within like a matter of hours, all sides of the family just email. They're like, just checking in, make sure you haven't floated away in a canoe. And so... For those of you that don't live in Australia, or you didn't happen to experience the epic amount of rain that we just experienced in the last seven days, today's one of the first days that the sun has been out and that we know that there's blue skies, which very much reminded me of when we made the decision to move away from Vancouver because it was January of 2008, I want to say, before the market crash of, you know, whenever all that stuff was happening. It was January 2008, driving back from my brother's house. He lived in New West. We were living in the city. And it was like pissing rain the way that it does on the West Coast, where it's like that weird, just wet sideways rain, where it's like just rain. Like if you're going to rain, heavy rain, be rain, be rain. But no, it doesn't happen. It rained for 28 days straight, which is kind of what happens when you live on the West Coast of Canada or the Pacific Northwest or anywhere in that you know, vicinity. It rained for 28 days straight. And the thing that just made me so irritated was that there was a record for the most consecutive number of days it rained. And that record was 29 days. But it did rain in the city. It did not rain out at the airport. So therefore, we did not break the record. <laughs> oh my God. It was so painful. Fast forward to December 2019, and your entire neighborhood is threatened by fire. And half of the country is on fire. And I will tell you, your perspective on rain and how grateful you are for rain changes very dramatically and very quickly. So through this last week of the most epic rainstorms that I think this country has seen in quite a while... Needless to say, everybody's water tanks are totally at capacity. The water reserves are quite good. Right now, mark this day on your calendar, it's March 2021. So it's not going to be like this way forever. But there's a good supply of water. I think we're ready to go. Ready to go into autumn and winter. <laughs> and I'm really happy to see the blue sky. Because the blue sky makes me so happy and joyous. And it's like such an intense blue color in this country. You have to come see the color for yourself because it's truly remarkable. Okay, check out this transition. Let's talk about small talk and how much I hate making small talk, which reminds me of how much small talk we used to have to make with some of our customers. And today we're going to talk about customers. Now, that was a very quick transition and you may not have followed it, but I'm just kind of patting myself on the back for having gone from a random story about the weather to being able to set up today's podcast. Guys, watch out. 
watch out for what's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be a good episode. Because today I know I'm going to make some of you mad. And I'm not going to apologize for it, even though the Canadian me really wants to apologize. Apologize in advance for making you mad. But I'm going to give you the heads up that I'm going to make you mad because I want you to pay attention. And I want you just to try on the notion that I'm going to pass on to you. Like literally just try it on. Just be curious, right? Don't immediately shut the door and be like, this is dumb. I don't want to listen to this episode. Just, you know, we're all here to learn. And I wanted to share with you this concept today because I've been teaching it to the beautiful humans in my Flower Boss Boot Camp, and it's so helpful. Like, it's hands down so helpful, but it's very confronting and it's very unexpected. Because what I'm going to tell you is that you could actually decide that your customers are perfect. Insert awkward silence. And you're probably like, Kathleen, what the shit are you talking about? Our customers are not perfect. Our customers ask dumb questions. Our customers don't know what we do. Our customers don't know the difference between a rose and our carnations. Our customers don't know shit, right? That's how we all want to react. That's how I used to react. Absolutely. But I've been teaching this concept because it really helps us step into our own authority and step into our own power, which is what we get to do as human beings and what we get to do when we are business owners. And this whole idea of really understanding, like, how can we shift our own mindset? How can we change our own perspective so that we can continue to move forward and create the results that we want to create in our business? The reason I want to share this concept with you, this idea that your customers might actually be perfect, is... It's a revolutionary thought that's going to kind of blow up your brain. And I know you're going to be very resistant to the notion when you first hear it, but I promise you, please just hear me out as I explain the concept to you and why it is so freaking phenomenal. But what's so important to remember is that the success in your business has everything to do with your mindset. Everything. And I will tell you that as a person who knows so much about marketing and so much about managing money and so much about floral design, 100% it comes down to my mindset and learning how to manage my mindset, becoming aware of my own limiting beliefs, understanding where I have my own blind spots because we all have them, shining a light onto those blind spots and really understanding how it's preventing me to achieve the results I want to achieve in my business is so incredibly helpful, which is the entire premise of my Flower Boss Boot Camp. But this whole idea and the basic formula that I teach when it comes to building a successful business is marketing plus mindset equals money. Literally, if you want to be making more money, it's all about understanding marketing, understanding mindset, and then you will create phenomenal amounts of money in your business. So this concept of deciding that your customers are perfect, I want you to take it to the extreme, right? I want you to think about the last customer that called, the last customer that emailed, the last customer that walked into the shop, the last customer that DM'd you on Instagram. I want you to think about the very last customer experience that you had. And now, just for the purposes of illustration, what if we decided that their behavior was perfect? their questions were perfect, their actions were perfect, their non-actions 
were perfect. The things that they didn't tell you, perfect. Their assumptions, every single thing that they're doing and saying, it's all perfect. What if we decide to just love them unconditionally and recognize our customers don't know where flowers come from, right? They don't know the difference between a call center and a flower shop. They don't know that garlands and flat lay foliage are a really big freaking investment for your wedding and they're all just going to end up in the bin. They don't know that they don't need to know anything. They don't know that they could actually place an order really far in advance and that would be really helpful to us. They don't know the difference between a rose and a carnation. And every guy that walks into your flower shop probably asks for a bunch of lilies because that's the only flower name he knows. It's okay that every bride who inquires with you is asking for peonies no matter what week her wedding is happening. What if we all accepted and decided that our customers' behavior and our customers' actions and everything that they said to us was perfect? Why will I encourage you to do this? Because you are going to be able to step into all of your own power as a grown-ass adult and be able to make much better decisions. When we decide that our customers are perfect and they're all behaving exactly the way that they should be, it gives us, the floral designer, the creative director, the head of production, the CEO, the head of finance, the marketing director, it gives all of us and all of the hats that we wear our power back, which is amazing, right? So instead of us standing here and being resentful and totally downplaying and getting really irritated by what our customers are doing and saying, what if we decide that they're behaving exactly the way they should behave because of the previous actions and information supplied by this industry? How are our customers supposed to know? How are they supposed to know more than you know? How are they supposed to even know how much you know because it took you this long to figure out how much you know? Right? Some of us went to formal floristry school. Some of us have been to dozens of workshops. Some of us have spent hours Googling things. Some of us are obsessed with learning from other designers. We've invested so much time and energy just to learn what we know. How the heck are our customers supposed to know even like 1% of what we know? Right? In an industry that's so secretive, that's so bad at demonstrating its value and so bad at educating its customers, how the heck are our customers supposed to know? Literally. How are they supposed to know the difference between a rose and a carnation if half of the pictures that are on Pinterest are tagged roses and are actually pictures of carnations? I say that because I was just looking something else up. I think I was looking up peonies, and I was like, uh, squeeze me. <laughs> uh, squeeze me. A bunch of these pictures are not of peonies. But this is so helpful and so enlightening, right? Because if all of these pictures are tagged peonies, and this is what our customers are seeing, so they think that carnations and roses <laughs> are all peonies, then hey, how are they supposed to know any different? What's so helpful as well is really being able to look at our customers' behavior as data. The questions that they're asking you, right? It's a perfect reflection of their lack of understanding. The way that brides inquire with their wish list and an epic to-do list and 27 pictures attached to it. It's a perfect understanding of how little they know about the wedding inquiry process. All those brides who have ghosted you, who you've never heard back from, perfect example of 
the fact that they don't understand how this whole process could work. So instead of us standing here and harboring resentment and anger and frustration at our customers' current behavior, when you decide that your customers and what they're asking you and how they're behaving is perfect based on the information at hand, then we get to show up and take charge. Instead of us sitting there and being like, oh my goodness, how does she not know the peonies aren't around in July? How does she not know the peonies are not around in February? Instead of looking at that, then we can show up and say, oh, hey, thanks for getting in touch. Absolutely love to help out with your wedding. Just so you know, peonies are only available for eight weeks between October and December. And I can't really tell you what eight weeks it is. It's some time in that window. But I'm not going to commit to any of it because you know what? Early in the season, they might be crap. Late in the season, they might be shit. You know what? Of course, if they're there, I'm in. And then she gets to make the best decision that she can based on the information that you have provided her, right? And it's so interesting how one shift in our perspective will completely change your demeanor and your approach to customer service, right? And I will tell you, I am so well-practiced at the, oh my God, please don't come into the shop and disturb me right now. I'm very busy. You know how some of us feel about customers that they're a general inconvenience, right? Of course, I'll put a giant smile on my face, but seriously, <laughs> not to just be like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with customers. It's too much, right? But when I pause for a second and I think, okay, their behavior is absolutely perfect. So perfect, right? Now I get to take back control and I get to take back authority, respond to their questions, be helpful, right? Show up and answer their questions. Tell them the information that they don't yet know that they need to know, right? I can get out of my own way and stop being in this bubble of darkness of frustration and irritation at these beautiful humans who are asking for your help, right? I will tell you, they do ask silly questions. They are continuously emailing us and saying like, oh, I'm getting married. Please give me a quote. I'm getting married. Please give me a quote. I'm getting married. Blah, 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 right? But if we keep sitting here in a bucket of resentfulness, right, that completely shuts us down from being able to openly share our expertise and our knowledge and our information, right? And we can take a step back and say, okay, well, that person just asked a question that is so outrageous, I don't even know if I can comprehend it. (laughs) But we can put ourselves in their shoes and say, oh, I get it. Yeah, how would they know? This is the thing that blows my mind, right? How do we, in our right mind, expect our customers to actually know any differently? If we as floral designers can barely find any information, how the heck are our customers? Seriously, how does that work? <laughs> like, it's so crazy. If I think back to the version of me that was like, oh, customers, <laughs> trust me, I've said that a lot, right? But now I look and I'm like, right, okay, so... But seriously, Kathleen, like, how are they supposed to know? How are they supposed to know any of these things? Because if this industry is so secretive, right, if we keep everything, like, tied up behind closed doors, so hush-hush, clearly that doesn't set other designers up for success. It doesn't set this industry up for success, nor does it actually help our customers. Well, shit. So two examples that I want to go through just to give you some ideas, some context, right? Let's pretend. Here's an example that we're all very familiar with, right? 
beautiful bride emails you and says, I'm getting married on the 23rd of April. I want a bouquet, two maids, three boutonnieres, floral archway, some delicate foliage to drape down the center of my table. My budget, $2,000. I used to get so irritated at these emails for so many reasons, right? I'd assumed that I, as the designer, had to make the entire wish list of everything that was on her email. I also assumed I had to say yes to the delicate foliage down the center of the table. <laughs> I also assumed that I had to adjust my design style to fit her $2,000 budget, right? Like she provided a wish list and a budget, so therefore it's up to Kathleen to adjust everything in between and make it work. And when I did that and sat in that like really irritated, annoyed, and frustrated space, that's me handing over all of my power and authority to this person who has just sent an email. And when I do that, then I feel totally taken advantage of, completely walked all over, and... When I'm creating the work, I'm standing there going, this might be some of the worst work I've ever created in my life. And I am so resentful, all because I have handed over my power to that customer. So what if we flip this whole scenario around, right? The facts. Bride sends email. Bride includes lists. Bride has a budget. No problem. If I decide that the way that she's approaching this is perfect based on the information she has been provided and all of those crazy blog posts out there that are written to tell brides exactly what and how to approach their florist that literally spell out, you need to create a list, you need to make sure you're specific, you need to give them the budget, you need to push them down a price, like you need to give them a criminal record check. Yes, that's actually out there. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's so interesting is when we say, okay, she sent an email and she has a list and she has a budget, one, A, I'm grateful that she's really clear and understands this information is helpful, right? It's a place to begin, but knowing she's not going to be able to learn any better until I teach her, until I demonstrate my expertise and say, hey, thanks so much for getting in touch. So excited for you too. Absolutely. Would love to be able to help. Now, with a $2,000 budget, here are the things that we can include. If you want to do everything else, here's how much more money you need to going to find. Yeah, and trust me, you do not need to do delicate foliage down the center of the table. No, ma'am. Right? And the fact that this industry isn't helping her, isn't being open with their expertise and information, is actually your single greatest opportunity to step in and win her over right? This industry's secrecy is actually your greatest sales advantage. Because let's put ourselves in her shoes for half of a minute. Where and how do we magically expect her to be able to find out exactly what $2,000 is going to get her? Nowhere. <laughs> Literally, right? She's going to get some weird-ass blog post that says, how to DIY your wedding flowers. And then she's going to get somebody else's blog post that says, like, how to make sure you have $200,000 for your wedding flowers. When in actual fact, she's coming to you because of your expertise. She's coming to you because she needs guidance. She is perfect. Her email 
is perfect. What she has included on her wish list, perfect. Because that makes it easy for me to come in and be the most helpful guide through this entire process. I can educate her on what her budget's going to get her. I can explain to her that the delicate foliage down the table is way more expensive than she thinks. Because they're not thinking about how long the tables are when there's three banquet tables and each table seats 20 to 30 guests. They cannot comprehend that. They're not thinking about it. Even better than all of that, what is so powerful here is that you can take this person's email, you can take any customer's question, and that can inspire your next post on Instagram, right? Literally, like you guys have heard me talk about this before, like graphic headline, write the question in, what does $2,000 get you? Right? Because in an industry that's so secretive, she's going to find you and be like, oh my gosh, this florist is so helpful. And magically, over time, you're really going to start to understand just how much this sets you apart from the competition. When I remember that my clients and customers are perfect and I am just here to help them, I hold the power. Right, I get to step into all of my authority. And if she doesn't like the fact that I am not going to deliver all of those things for $2,000, that's her story, not mine, right? I can very quickly get back to her, give her the information, and I'm not going to stand around and be like, well, I hope she doesn't ghost me. It's like, nope, next, right? Let's go out there and get more inquiries, get more inquiries, get more business, right? We can continue to take action and continue to move our business forward. And here's a hot tip. In my experience, and this is like so helpful, they're going to email you and say, I have a $2,000 budget. If you get back to them within 24 hours and say, hey, here's some tips and tricks that are really going to help you and actually answer the real questions that she has, she's going to come back and end up booking with you. Because 50% of clients go with the vendor who responds first. 50%. So make your inquiry process easy to navigate, effortless for you to actually get back to your clients with, and you will actually see an increase in the number of inquiries that you book. My expectation is that we get back to all new inquiries within 24 hours, but it's all done by a template. So it's like, yes, please send, respond. Love it. Do what you can to increase your response time, and you will see an increase in bookings. So my friends, let's do another example. A beautiful woman calls a shop and she says, I would like to order some flowers for delivery to my mom. I'm just on your Instagram feed and I really love the picture that you posted on the 8th of March. Now, me being on the other end of the phone is like, wow, she showed up with confidence and she's on Instagram. She must really know flowers and she must know that they have a season and she must realize that that was posted many weeks ago and that there's no way on this beautiful earth that we could create exactly that again at this moment in time. But if we then put ourselves in our customer's shoes and she thinks flowers come from a machine, she doesn't know the difference between a rose and a carnation, we get to step up and be her guide, right? We don't trip up on the fact that we've made an assumption about how educated and informed she is. We get to show up and be like, okay, great, an opportunity for us to educate another customer. Because here's the thing, remember, how the heck is she supposed to know? How the heck is she supposed to know that hydrangea is only around for like six weeks and the weather has to cool down just enough to be able to create that really lovely antique tone? 
Where is this magic manual floating around on this beautiful planet somewhere on the internet that actually teaches humans about the floral design industry? My friends, that magic manual doesn't exist because you've gone out looking for it as a floral designer and business owner. Now, imagine being a customer who has spent about 1% of the time, probably even less than that, probably 1% of 1% of the time that you have taken to learn as much as you know about flowers and business. And that's where your customers are. They're like at the very beginning. I was thinking about this the other day, like day one of floral certification, right? Like, yeah, we'd like handled some flowers, but so like we were like tentative, right? Remember like processing product and like pulling it out of plastic and being like, oh, well, I don't really want to break it. And if you guys have ever had like work experience students or like trainees in the shop or working with you or like your brother or your husband or your mom helping you like process product and you see how tentative they are. And it's like, come on, pick it up. <laughs> you can be way more aggressive with it, right? That's how our customers are. They're like afraid if they touch it, they're going to break it. That's how they feel about all aspects of floral design. And when this industry is so hush-hush and we're so resentful of our customers, it's hands down one of the most unhelpful things that we can do for our clients. Because remember, how is she supposed to know? Literally, right? Like if the bulk of orders going through online are going through like the wire services and the relay networks who do no education about seasonality and their designs are very much driven by product that's usually available, eh, 12 months of the year, right? They build their product so that most florists are able to create it 52 weeks of the year. They do nothing to educate customers on seasonality of flowers. So how the heck, right? If they're doing the bulk of the orders that are coming through in your city, and that's the marketing that your customers are receiving, how are they supposed to know? How are customers supposed to learn that there's a thing called a carnation and a thing called a rose, and they are by no stretch of the imagination the same flower. <laughs> right? Can we talk about, this is like, what are my greatest memories? I have so many great memories of really irritating customers who I'm now deciding are absolutely perfect because this woman, absolutely perfect. So this is the bride's mom. She was the one who told me, I cannot stand the smell of Lysianthus. <laughs> it makes me laugh so much because very few times in my life have I ever been that speechless. This is like conversation ender. <laughs> Cannot stand the smell of Lysianthus. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Anyway, so now that's officially an inside joke. Ugh, those Lysianthus, they're so smelly. <laughs> I don't know how, if you could ever come up with like a scentless flower, but Lysianthus would be the one. But here's the thing, like spend five, 10 minutes thinking about your ideal client and what the information is that they do have at hand, right? A couple of the girls and I inside the Flower Boss Bootcamp were going around and looking at some of the information that's available to brides when it comes to suggestions for planning your wedding flowers. And how earlier I had mentioned that there is a blog post that recommends that the bride ask the florist for a background check. No joke, right? That is the level of education, and that is what the bloggers out there are doing for our customers. And then as an industry, like as a collective group of humans who are trying to move our industry forward, we're not doing much 
to really educate them and inform them, which, as I said earlier, right, that's the best sales advantage that you have in your business, hands down, right, because other people are not showing up and talking about how much to budget for wedding flowers, because other designers aren't showing up and talking about what's appropriate to send for a sympathy arrangement, or what flowers are in season this week, or how much should I be spending to really impress her, right? If our competition's not talking about it, but we know that that's what our customers really care about, it provides you with such an incredible strategic advantage, like incredible. So if it's been a hot minute since you've been doing any Googling on the internet to see kind of what information your clients are being offered up, highly recommend it right? Go look on the wire service or the relay network websites just to see what they're doing, right? Go out there and see how transactional they're making that purchase. Remember that you're here to help your customers. And you get to show up and proactively be the most helpful person on the planet, right? I truly believe she who is the most helpful makes the most money. It worked in our case, right? In a hugely competitive footprint, like hugely competitive, right? Everybody wanted to come down and do the big weddings. Everybody who came into town seemed to wanted to open up a flower shop, including us. I'm glad that we bought one instead, right? That's what everybody seems to want to do in this neighborhood. So let's make it even more competitive, but really understanding We were so helpful and so resourceful in terms of how we could educate our customers. We'd be trying so many things. And I am more than happy to talk to customers about any piece of floristry. If I can answer a question, you bet. Of course, I'm going to tell the mom about how she can actually make her floral archway. And yeah, I'm also going to tell her she needs to do it 90 minutes before the ceremony. Oh, you can't? Hmm. Interesting. I'm available. (laughs) It's an amazing sales tactic. Right? But it's built on the premise of really understanding that our customers are perfect. Because instead of telling ourselves, oh my God, that's such a dumb question. I can't believe he asked it. Or instead of saying to ourselves, oh, another inquiry with another dumb list. Another silly flat lay foliage recommendation. Right? If we take their inquiries and their questions as data and we wonder and get curious with ourselves about how we could actually help that person. The outcome is so different, like so different. So if you can think about this, right, and just decide right now that your customers are perfect, right? The next one who gets really pedantic about the color red of the roses. The next one that's really specific about what time something needs to be delivered. The next bride that comes along and says you need delicate foliage down the center of the table right? The next couple that are getting married that have a $2,000 budget and have a $10,000 wish list, right? The next person who wants a workshop, the next person who's asking about flower subscriptions, the next person who says, what's the cheapest thing that I could possibly order? If you can tell yourself and take a deep breath and decide that your customers are perfect. When you know that, then you get to show up and say, yeah, right. So then the only thing that needs to change is me. The only thing that needs to change is my thought process about what's happening, the emotions that I'm associating with this experience, the actions that I'm taking. And when you do that, you will create a totally different result. 
And when we can look at this from a very analytical, scientific perspective and say, okay, so if my customers are perfect, if I've created this website and people aren't ordering, what are we missing? What are our customers not seeing? Is the checkout process straightforward? Is the checkout process working on mobile? Where are these customers coming from? Are we even showing up in the right search results? Right? Is there a way that we can start to educate our clients on when to engage a wedding florist, the things that they need to think about, the things that they don't need to worry about, how to budget for this, what to think about that? We can take all of our power back and really step up our game, which completely changes the result. Right? And instead of us standing in this bubble of resentment and irritation and annoyed, then what we get to do is be so helpful and you'll notice that you'll end up making more money. This concept of really deciding that our customers are perfect is so empowering because it requires us to change our behavior. It requires us to change our emotions. And all of that requires us to change our thinking. The definition of insanity right? We're going to keep thinking the same thing so we can keep feeling the same way, so we can keep taking the same actions and just hoping that the result is different? No. So if your customers are always coming to you, they're always coming to you saying, what's the cheapest thing that we can buy? If they're always harping on about what's on sale, what's on discount, if they're always looking for the best deal, look at how your business is marketing itself, right? Look at it from your customer's point of view. The more that we sell ourselves as a cheap option, the more cheap customers we start to attract, right? So instead of standing there and feeling like you're so resentful about how your customers are so obsessed around getting the cheapest price, then you can take a step back and go, okay, right. So if I need to change my behavior, then what can I change in terms of marketing? If your customers are always ghosting you, what can you do to change your process? If your customers are always being very specific, very pedantic, and very dictatorial about what you're going to be making, how can you change your approach? When we decide that our customers are perfect and they don't need to change at all, we get to step into our power. We get to step into our authority as full, grown-up, huge-ass adults, because that's what we are. And when our customers are perfect and we know that we want a different result, we get to change our own behavior. And in order to change your behavior, you have to change your thinking. So the next time you want to tell yourself that that's the dumbest question that somebody's ever asked, the next time you want to tell yourself, oh, another price shopping bride, the next time you're wondering why your customers aren't ordering on your website, remember, you can take back control. Fully stepping into your authority and just deciding that your customers are absolutely perfect. Absolutely. And I look back now and I was like, oh yeah, that perspective would have been so helpful in so many cases, right? And this was something that I really started to believe last year when we were going through the arbitration and the tribunal process and going like, like, yeah, of course I'm angry. I'm so mad. I am so mad and so upset and so devastated. And at the same time, I absolutely love my clients so much 
Because as women, I want them to step up. I want them to stand their ground and I want them to fight for what they think is theirs. I can have both, right? Our customers can ask silly questions. They can do silly things and I can still have unconditional love for them. So that I can still behave in a way that shows me and allows me to show up as my best self, that allows me to take action from a space of compassion and empathy and unconditional love. And the results that you create from that is so much better than us sitting in a pool of resentment and irritation. And I say all of that 100% out of personal experience. If I could go back and rewind the clock and on day one be like, oh my gosh, our customers are perfect. We need to change our behavior. Wow. (laughs) Like, wow. It would have completely changed the game for us. So I wanted to pass this concept on to you now because it can totally, completely, fundamentally change your business. And I do not mean that lightly. I mean, this is a revolutionary concept that is so helpful for floral designers and business owners to understand. If we want a different result, then we're the ones that need to change our behavior. Our customers are absolutely perfect because how the heck are they supposed to know any better unless we're educating them, unless we're showing up in the most helpful way possible, honestly, how are they supposed to know? And my friends, remember if you're really struggling and conquering and wanting to show up as a badass flower boss, sign up for my flower boss bootcamp going to give you everything that you need to get your website sorted, to help you conquer the Instagram game, to navigate wedding inquiries, to get your online catalog sorted, Google AdWords, Google Analytics, paid advertising, organic advertising, what to do at bridal shows, you name it, literally. It's like, here's everything you need to know when it comes to marketing a flower business. And we're really going to level up your mindset. As I said earlier, the secret to building a hugely successful business, understanding marketing, learning how to level up your mindset, this is how we create value. And because we can get out of our own way and because we can shine a light on our own blind spots and because we can learn to show up as a very powerful CEO, and you're going to learn just how much money you can make. The link is in the show notes. If you want to get on the wait list, if you want to sign up for the Flower Boss Bootcamp, remember, my friends, you don't have to struggle on your own. All those years that we spent trying to Google all the answers, all the workshops that I went to trying to figure out how the heck everybody else made this look so easy, I am giving it all away. So if you want to fast track your growth, if you want to really start kicking it into high gear and you want to make more money as a floral designer, sign up for my Flower Boss Bootcamp. I promise it'll be heaps of fun and you'll blow your own mind with what you're going to create. So inside my Flower Boss Bootcamp, you're going to get access to all of my online courses that give you the very specific how when it comes to all things marketing. There is live coaching, live Q&As, live interaction with me so we can really learn how to level up our mindset. And at the end of the day, we're also going to talk a lot about money because 
it's fun. And because we don't talk about money enough. And because one of the things that stands in the way for so many of us is our own limiting beliefs about how much money we can create. And even the idea that you don't go into floristry to make money. And I was like, what? (laughs) What kind of lie is that? This is the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. You don't go into floristry to make money. Well, that certainly wasn't my experience. (laughs) Which is so interesting, right? Like, let's perpetuate the starving artist mentality. Let's just tell everybody that you don't go into floristry to make money. Because how helpful is that? Not. It's not helpful at all. And I will tell you right now that that's a totally false belief system and optional. Very optional. Because in my experience, you can make a lot of money as a floral designer, right? Which is totally reflective of the amount of value that we get to add to this beautiful human species. So my friends, sign up for the Flower Boss Boot Camp and let's get going. And yeah, come back and listen to this episode again because it's a game changer. It's really going to help you shift your perspective and fall back in love with your customers. And my friends, have the most beautiful day, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.